Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we talk about pop culture media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Matt. Matt, Matt what should people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Cool. Uh, check out our Facebook page. Yeah, that, that. I'm back on. I'm back on Facebook. So Yay! I posted, I posted he, a ranking of the 25 horror movies I watched during October, and then a I fantastic skimmed beast through review. those. You know what? What's you know, full disclosure? I always skim through all of your reviews just to see if you mention me. I usually don't. Yeah, you don't ever. Because which is like okay like it's a because layer I'm af- of in referencing that. Yeah, because I'm afraid that if you do mention me, it's going to be like super embarrassing or something. <laughs> so like probably in one of your next reviews, you're just going to be like, also oh, Preston's a loser. Yeah, I, I am. Mean, you are I by definition. Of- you're a capital L loser. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> da, 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 what was I going to say? Shit. What you been up? What to? you been up to? Is that that's X? I feel like we're mix- missing something. We're just going fast. Okay. Yep. Nope. Matt, what you been up to? <laughs> um, well, I'm back on Facebook, so I posted that stuff. Check it out there. Yep. Uh, in my quest to catch up on all the movies I missed from 2017, I watched The Greatest Showman. And? The music was catchy. The set pieces were flashy. The characters were terrible. The plot was completely tensionless. Good. Also, it's entirely inaccurate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Horrifically. Oh, I, I, I refuse to watch that movie. It's my pop filter's going crazy. It, it, it's it's not terrible. Um, if you treat it like an extended music video, it's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The based on the music, like that, I, that I've heard, it just seems like a, a just putting thinly veiled plot to just someone that wrote a bunch of songs. Pretty much. Um, it doesn't seem like the it doesn't seem like the music is well integrated yeah and i think that that maybe that by that opinion my opinion of that stems from like my actual genuine enjoyment of things like les mis like actual operas Mm -hmm. that that the plot is in the music right um so that might just be why i don't like things like that and glee and pitch perfect music it's just there for music right that's fair yeah it was just it was impressive to me watching it how many times a problem would get resolved like the scene after it comes up really there's no lasting stakes holy crap that sounds like the comic that sounds like comic books right at like 1955 i know it was (laughs) it was it got aggravating hey bad guy beat him come back for the next step next issue when we do it again thanks comics code authority (laughs) yay uh um i also long time listeners will understand that exactly uh i also watched 47 meters down which is the there's a couple of sisters and they're on a vacation in mexico and they what do you there's a sticky note <laughs> on your shoe yeah okay i know what's it there for it was my little attempt at the review intro and i attached it to my notes okay yeah i took it off my notes so i could read my I notes thought you were like i shoe. thought you like had two th- it was like a second screen <laughs> like a second computer screen just like yeah. on your foot yep <laughs> go back and forth <laughs> what is going on you have, no. like a new little system going on over there <laughs> no but 47 meters down so it's two sisters they're on vacation in mexico they meet some handsome young guys who uh bring them out on kind of a sketchy boat where they go scuba diving in a shark cage and there's great white sharks and the winch breaks off of the boat and the cage plummets to the bottom of the ocean oh no and they're trying to escape the bottom of the ocean yeah 47 meters down okay that's like a lake it depends on where you are in the ocean like right off the coast like yeah they're close to the coast okay yeah. like bottom of the ocean bottom of the ocean be like she would literally be completely dead right <laughs> um it's not particularly accurate um there's a couple of really good scenes but it also just does some really irritating things as a movie um the shark effects are not great uh, so can't really recommend not a great so shark would you movie. consider this a shark movie yeah, it is a shark movie. It okay. does it does a good job of making the ocean a big part of the enemy, just the vast the environment kind of yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and then it throws in some sharks wow. because video game reference out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, it makes sense. You know what PVE is, right? Yeah, play versus environment. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so it, it does a good job of not just shoving sharks down your throat, or I guess shoving you down the shark's throat would be a more apt yeah, metaphor, more appropriate. right? uh but it does so many so many little things wrong that it doesn't really hold together that well gotcha um i was finished season two of the good place it's good good. it's good uh it kind of loses momentum a little bit because of the way season one ended um Mm -hmm. which 
isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just a lot slower, I think. Okay. Still good. Still interesting. Still lots of fun twists and turns. Cool. Um, I've also still been watching the Chess World Championship, which just finished game seven of 12 this afternoon. All seven games have been drawn so far, but there's been some... Wow, really? Draws are pretty prevalent at that level. Okay. Like, it's a function of... A, how strong you are, so how few mistakes you make, and then B, how close you are in strength. Yeah. And these two are the strongest two in the world, and they're literally three points apart in rating, Jeez. which is a completely negligible which, like, dis- what's, difference. What's, yeah, what's their rank right now? What, what is their actual, like... Their actual rating is, like, 2830. So, oh, wait. 20, like, 2830. 2830. Okay. I was, like, 20... Because that's a yeah. weird way to split that. Yeah, so it's like 2,835 to 2,832. Yeah, so it is literally completely negligible. Right. And so you're Unless you're machining parts, which that that is what I'm studying. Right. <laughs> Unless you're doing that for some reason. Uh, but yeah, there's been... Excuse you. <laughs> <laughs> but there is a... There is a lot of... Has been a lot of good, fun, exciting chess. And it's clear that the American challenger, Fabiano Caruana, is not overmatched. So... This is fun. Yeah. I hope he holds on and sneaks out a win because he's USA, definitely going to lose on tie breaks. USA. 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 Yeah. <laughs> it got in too late. It was Just already re- dying away and awkward. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Um, that's all I've been up to. Okay. Uh, I have been... Okay. I put... I I paused reading New Teen Titans. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's so dense... And it's very 80s, and it's kind of mm. hard to read a whole bunch all at once. Yeah. Um, so I took a break from that, and I am in the middle of reading Penguin, Pain, and Prejudice. Okay. It's a limited series. It's four issues of – it's just Penguin's perspective, backstory kind of thing. Interesting. So it's really – it's actually really good. The art style is really – I wouldn't say artsy, but it's okay. – it's. I would kind of compare it – loosely to maybe a combination of Jeff Loeb's and you mean Tim sale, uh, Tim sale and the whoever did watercolors for kingdom come. It's uh, kind of like Alex Ross. Yes. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's kind of like a combination of that. It's kind of okay. like extended things a little bit, but also kind of like water, not, not watercolors, but shading is interesting. I like the art. Just a little more abstracty. Yeah. Who did it? Uh, Oh god! I, I even if I knew his name, I wouldn't be able to pronounce it. It's one of those things that's got two vowels and forty-eight letters. Because mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I like I saw it on the thing. I'm like, no, I'm not even gonna try. <laughs> Fair. Like, so I don't know it just because I haven't bothered trying to look at it. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's really good. It's actually something that uh, that I, I I like seeing. It's it's it puts things in Penguin's perspective, and Batman shows up. So there's this thing I noticed that like. When Batman shows up in the Batman comic to Penguin, all of his minions are like, I'm out, bye, or like, and like, are completely disloyal to Penguin. Uh-huh. In the Penguin comic, like, everyone is terrified of Penguin. Mm-hmm. Like, a person turned around and like, bumped into him and was like, fuck, 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 I'm so sorry. And like, it's like this giant scene about him like, trying to apologize and like, not die. Uh-huh. But then like, Batman drops in and they all bail. Interesting. So like, it just shows like, the power of Penguin... But then the more extensive power of Batman when it comes to fear. Mm-hmm. So like it's just it's just one of those things that like if you only read Batman comics, you think that all of Penguin's minions are spineless wimps. Mm-hmm. But like reading the Penguin comic, you really only see him for like uh, from what I've read, you only see him for like one page. Mm-hmm. But it's just this intimidating presence that makes everyone just scatter. I like it. It's really cool. Um, the story is really interesting. You learn, like, f- from, like, the first issue, you learn kind of his whole backstory. And it's a lot more tragic than you'd think. Uh, okay. It, it stays loyal to the, like, it's it's a new 52 thing, so it does mm-hmm. obviously adjust some things. But it does stay loyal to the, uh, he was born, looked like a freak. His dad hated him. His mom loved him. Okay. Uh, which they didn't do in Batman Returns. Right. And they did do well in Gotham. Okay. Um, and they actually did a lot well with in Gotham because, like, his mom's kind of, like, crazy and, like, yeah, and he, like, takes care of his mom. So, like, a lot of the stuff that he has people go out and steal are actually presents to his mom. Okay. Um, it's this, like, little, like, relationship between him and his mother that makes it human almost. Okay. Um, so that's really good. I highly recommend it to anybody who's, who's interested in villain stories. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's kind of hard to get 
cheap because it's not it wasn't like a huge miniseries mm-hmm. so it's like I, I think i spent like 50 bucks on it okay but personally i think it's worth the read well from the two issues that i've read so far it's really good okay uh titans update this episode is actually pretty good okay uh that's good to hear <laughs> um this one focuses on the relationship between jason todd who just showed up the le- in the last episode uh-huh. and dick grayson and like you get a lot more of Dick's, like, kind of how he feels about being Robin. Okay. Because uh, it's really interesting that he, 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 like, Starfire's, like, basically saying, you don't like being Robin, but then this kid shows up and he's Robin and you're getting all, like, butthurt about it. And they haven't addressed it. I didn't finish the episode because I got way sidetracked, way sidetracked mm-hmm. with, I moved into my, finally moved into my master room yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, but... From what I gather, it's not that he misses being Robin. It's that he doesn't like how quickly Batman moved on from him. Uh. <clears throat> they stayed loyal to Jason Todd's uh, backstory. Okay. So, like, uh, he was like, what were you doing when Batman found you? He was like, I was lifting cars. And he's like, did you try to, like... And he's like, I, I tried to lift the wrong one. He's like, did you try to steal the Batmobile? He's like, just the hubcaps. Which is, com- well, very close. He was trying to steal the tires in the comics. But, okay. I mean, that's just... that's negligible yeah. difference i imagine hubcaps are easier to steal anyway <laughs> yeah especially off the batmobile yeah <laughs> trying to get some wheels off the batmobile you, you try to grab one of the wheels and you find out it's attached to an inside motorcycle batmobile lost a wheel and the joker played ballet wow that is such like a 90s reference i know only Holy crap only 90s kids will remember <laughs> this <laughs> um uh so that i is actually pretty good okay um largely because rachel doesn't have much to do i'm starting to realize that tegan whatever her name is is not Mm -hmm. a fantastic it's not her fault it's some pretty shitty writing with her character but it really can hurt a decent actor yeah so it's actually a pretty pretty palatable palatable episode okay so it continues this up and down trend oh yeah good bad good bad oh yeah i just want an episode like this and then add hawk and dove and then it'll actually be like a really good episode okay uh what else have i done i feel like i i restarted watching game of thrones with my friend tiercy mm-hmm. and it's fun because now i get the joy of being the person who's seen the show watching someone who's watching it for the first time exactly it's really hard to keep my mouth shut whenever there's like little references to things that happen way later yep uh i think that's all i've been up to you went and saw a movie too uh i'd rather not talk about that <laughs> we talked about it in our review it's yes, we did. fantastic beasts the the new one it's it's no, uh, it's uh, a few pretty okay beasts and the off-screen misdemeanors of Grindelwald. Yep, is pretty much how we've yeah gotten to that. Yep, it's it's not it's not good on many levels. It's the first time that Matt and I have reviewed a mu- movie that both of us walked out of the theater going. We try to avoid talking about the movie walking out because I want to save it, like so you guys hear all the authentic conversation. Mm-hmm. But that was the first time we both walked out of the theater going. That was bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so check out that review if you want more of those thoughts. Oh, more of those thoughts. They're more coherent and they're more like, they're they're actually like, I mean, if you want to know why it's bad, listen to the review. Yep. If you just, if, if just our opinion is good enough for you, then you're dumb and we'll probably end up dying. <laughs> <laughs> Do not blindly listen to us. Yep. Or, yeah, blindly listen to us. Blindly listen that to us. Sense. Yeah. I think that's all I've been up to. Okay. I'm going to remember something that, uh, I read a few more issues of Aquaman in okay. preparation for Aquaman. Uh, just to put that out there, what's our next episode? So we can oh, say it now. Oh, yeah. Uh, what is our next episode? I think... We might... Are we on I think controversial? Backup. Oh, yeah. that's We were going to put that out. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing... Oh, shit. Wrong one. Uh, one of these weeks. It might be next week. It might not be next week. We're using our last backup episode from that long span of just like... Or that, that time that we just made a whole bunch of backups. Yeah. Uh, we're realizing that the backups we made back then are way not up to the, the pretty, still genuinely low standards of the ones now. Right. But they're, they're significantly worse. Right. So we just want to purge them, record some new backups. Yep. So that you guys, so it's not some like stripping your gears. Uh, today is Harry Potter. So yep, next week is backup. And then the week after, so we can get this going. Okay. We're doing contradictory opinions. Yep. Matt and I both have opinions of things that... The world has other opinions of, and we're going to talk about that. Yep. And we are going to walk out of this 
uh, studio and never talk to each other again because there's going to be some disagreements on Pretty things. much. There's going to be some controversy. <laughs> so uh, for you guys, if you guys have any like controversial opinions on movies or shows or books or pop culture, anything that you're like, that was really good when the whole world was going, that was fucking garbage. Like if you like uh, Batman vs. Superman, uh, stop listening, go away, I don't like you. Um, <laughs> if you dislike something that was like, genuinely good like godfather if you dislike godfather stop listening go away <laughs> now if you if you have any controversial opinions let us know in the comments yeah in the email we'll make fun of yours so that we don't have to just make fun of each other the whole yeah. time honestly there's not really much discussion to be had with controversial it's basically just going to be like this is why i don't like it and it's how like, dare you explain yourself and then you explain yourself for yeah a few minutes. exactly so that's that's what the episode in two weeks is going to be about yep so matt we watched a Harry Potter-based movie. Are we just going to skip news? Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> <sighs> yep. Yeah. All right, news. News. I've um, actually got stuff, too. All right. We had a few trailers, finally. There's a Toy Story 4 teaser. Yes, a couple. A couple, right, because there's the Key and Peele one. Yes, that one's really funny. That one is funny. I'm really excited to see them. I just love them. Like, Oscar-winning screenwriter and Jordan Peele, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, and he's he's back to being a bunny that's just like, oh, shit, boy! <laughs> it's going to be really interesting to see how they dance around their kind of humor. I'm guessing they're going to be, like, one scene with them. Oh, that's disappointing. I love their characters. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, so we have that one, and we also have the one that's the spork. Right. I love that premise. There's more to it. Like, people just go, oh, he doesn't like to be a toy. I love the premise, though, that the moment the child thinks it's, thinks of it as a toy, it becomes a toy and comes to life. And He's it's just a an... spork that should not be a toy. He's just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I am an eating utensil. I should not be here. Yeah. I, I literally have in my notes, what fresh new existential nightmare is this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm really excited for that to see how, yeah. like, a really young child can make anything into a toy. Yeah. Yeah. Like you take, that'd be amazing if like it takes something like, like takes like a really creepy mask. Like I'm staring at this weird masquerade ball mask thing mm-hmm. that my dad has. Just imagine if like a kid like picked that up and was like, ha ha ha, look, I have a mask and it becomes a toy and comes to life and just goes, Whoa! <laughs> the shit I've seen. Or if he finds his mom's vibrator. Oh God. <laughs> oh, even worse. <laughs> There's a lot of really interesting things that I feel like that I would really love for them to put just a little reference. Yeah. It's like, man, the last time that she came up with a toy, it had like a, it was battery powered. Yep. (laughs) It's really, really obscure. But this could get into some interesting stuff. Yeah. And as much as I'm like, why do we need a Toy Story 4? They've made three really great ones, so. Yeah, this is the, well, this could also just be terrible. It could be. Is it, do we know anything about the creators? Pretty sure they got a lot of the same people. Same people. Good. Um, that is their that is their bread and butter. Yeah. Like Toy Story is specifically like that. That's the only series that I think they have zero faults. Yeah. Well, not zero faults. Uh, yeah. Two was okay. Like, I mean, I stand by the fact that two is on par with the other two. Okay. Save that for two weeks from now. I'm just kidding. No, I mean, like all of them are great. I mean, there are yeah. a few flaws in each one, but that yeah, like well, they're but... just completely obscured by just the phenomenology 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 okay it's a new word we need someone needs to go back and yeah <laughs> compile that plexicon <laughs> uh what else is there uh we got a new bumblebee trailer which yep saw all the same stuff we did in the last one basically still looks good we got a new we got a full dumbo trailer yeah which is it just me or does the little girl look exactly like a dh like aggressively dh zoe saldana i was not looking at any of the human characters i was looking purely at dumbo just like flabbergasted that it looks it's uncanny valley for me okay it it looks kind of good but there's just little bits of it that i'm just like okay that is unsettling it's some would say it's uncanny <laughs> uh should i briefly explain uncanny valley sure uh uncanny valley is so if you have like a chart where it's like uh on the bottom axis on the bottom axis it's uh realisticness mm-hmm. and on the t- and the on the side axis it's comfortability like being okay with looking at it yeah 
when it starts all the way at the very left of realistic, it's like it's just straight up like 2D animation. Stick figure, basically. And you're like totally fine with it because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. And at the far other side, it's real life. It's live action. Right. And you're totally fine with it because it's people. But there's a point where it drops it drops to a valley where it's like it's just kind of realistic but kind of not it's mm-hmm. like if like battle angel battle angel anita alita. alita is pretty close to the uncanny valley yeah but her non-human features are a little more like brought forward so it kind of brings it out of that it's brings it a little more to the enough it pushes yeah. it to the left but like there are definitely some animation like some like cgi stuff typically lands right in there grand moff tarkin from rogue one yeah a perfect example just real enough that your brain's like this is real and then the little imperfections yeah throw you way off that kind of bring it back to the thing it's just called the uncanny valley because you're looking at it and you're going ah something's off yeah i don't like it and it it, it, it unsettles you so that visual nails on a chalkboard yes yeah so that's what uncanny valley is i'm pretty sure i've explained that like two times before sure but, but it's always good information yep Learn, learn, I mean, we learn. have we have one person that listens to this podcast, and they know it. Already. We have a few, uh, maybe. Gage is. I mean, I have a few comments from Gage. <gasps> yeah, that we'll get to after news. We'll throw the comments at the end. Okay. of News. Uh, but what else are news? Um. Oh, one new trailer. Uh, Detective Pikachu. I am starting to be okay with the voice. It's yep. still a little weird. I'm gonna need to watch it a couple more times, but but the animation looks amazing. Yeah, like it. That is to the left of the Uncanny Valley. Like, it looks fake, but, right. like, it it makes sense how it looks. Right. And, like, I, I looked really close at the Charizard, and he has scales and stuff. I'm like, good, they didn't make everything furry. Yeah. Because you can't have a fucking dragon with fur. That's weird. <laughs> um, I'm really excited to see their interpretation of the powers. Mm-hmm. Like, Mime's powers is the first one that you really see. Right. Uh, you do see... What were the Pokemon that were, like, jumping around and throwing... Is that a later gen? It must have been a later gen, because I, I was not familiar it. with that. Um, but I'm excited to see how they, like, do the powers. How mm-hmm. they, like... I, I would love to see Ditto. If they just get, like, a pink slime. Yeah. And then turns into... Th- yeah. But... No, I'm excited for this, uh, purely because, like, I, I want to see their interpretation of the Pokemon world in real right? life. Yeah. I don't so, have any reason to be upset about this. Yeah. Something I do have reason to be upset about is that Stan Lee died. Oh, dude. <laughs> I saw a segment. I was going to take it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's sad. Yep. I mean, we saw it coming. He was 95. He was fucking old. Uh, yeah. It's funny because like... Oh, uh, <laughs> not the sentence I wanted to say. Poor taste. Uh, Poor taste. When he died, when it was announced, all these big news companies release these hugely long articles with like the history of Stan Lee. They had those written for like 10 years. Yeah. Like they were just on the, like there was a computer always with that ready to like publish, like in the, like the dialogue saying publish. Yes. Or like, no, right. <laughs> like just ready to click it be like, as he croaked yet? Nope. We're good. Still, still leaving it. Yeah. But, but no, he was, he was a he legend. Was, he was a game changer. Mm-hmm. He, you you lo- know and love a comic character? He had something to do with its creation, as long as it's Marvel. Yeah. Uh, indirectly, a lot of DC, too. Like, he in- he kind of brought Jack Kirby up mm-hmm. uh, to be his prominence, and then Jack Kirby went over and made Fourth World. Right. Which is 30% of DC. Right. Um, and also, like, he he has had a hand in molding a lot of the biggest comic book artists and writers. Yeah. Just because, like, he's been involved so much since the very beginning. Right. Um, so even indirectly, any character you have... Well, I mean, not any character. Like, obviously, Batman and Superman came first. Right. But any character beyond, like, 1965, I would say. When was Spider-Man? Early 60s. Somewhere in the 60s. I yeah. don't remember. We did a whole episode on that. Yeah. And we don't remember. All of our episodes are very short-term no- knowledge. Yeah. We memorize everything. We cram for the episode, and then we forget it. We don't memorize anything. We have notes in front of us. Uh, <laughs> These are my, my notes for this yeah. week. That is amazing. <laughs> uh, rest in peace, Stan Lee. Yeah. You will never be forgotten, primarily because you're in movies. You're in lots of movies that will not be forgotten. Here's a question. Would Stan Lee be as well-known if he wasn't in all of the Marvel movies? I really doubt it. I really also doubt it. People, There's a lot of people that are like, oh, who's this old guy that's in all these Marvel movies? Like, and it's like, oh, it's Stan Lee. He redefined how people read comics. Everyone talks about like Stan Lee and stuff like that, and it's like, 
Do you know who Bob Schuster and Jerry Siegel are? Nope. Do you know? Nope. Really? They're the creators of Superman. Oh. Like, they're the first superhero creators. Okay. Like, comics exist because of their input. Well, I should know them then. And people don't know them, but people know Stan Lee because pop culture brought him out. Right. Um, if if yeah. Schuster and, and Siegel were still alive, they would probably be in DC movies. True. <laughs> and in, in fairness, also, Stan Lee, like, he sort of changed the face of comics. He made them more... More fun. More mature, but also more fun. Yeah. More interesting. More yeah. substantive. He did a lot of stuff with Marvel's comics. Because Marvel was jack shit before he came along. Yeah. He definitely formed what Marvel is now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, sad, sad loss in the pop culture comic community. Indeed. Anyway, on more exciting news, we have Game of Thrones is officially confirmed for sometime in April. Yes. <laughs> and if you are interested in watching Game of Thrones and want to watch it before and you don't really know anything about it, do not watch that promo. It's like it's every spoiler, every spoiler, every death, every plot twist, all just like collaged into one, yep. like one minute yep. video. Do not watch that. <laughs> mistakes would have been made. Yes, indeed. I'm sure mistakes have been made by some unfortunate oh, several. souls. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and also, it was pretty emotional watching it myself. Just yep. like, oh, I forgot about that. Yep. Oh. <laughs> um. What else is there? I, I, you, you hit my news right off the bat. Uh, oh, we have Cassandra Kane casting for Birds of Prey. W- what? Ella J. Basco. Okay, I don't know who that is, but they're doing. Neither do I. They're doing Cassandra Kane. Yeah. Apparently. Okay. So, do, do you know who Cassandra Kane is? Sort of. Batgirl. Right. She's one of the Batgirls. She's one of the Batgirls. Which means they're not doing Barbara Gordon unless Barbara Gordon is going to be Oracle. Right. In which case. Okay, then what are they going to do for the Batgirl movie? Are they just going to do... That would be really cool if they just do Cassandra Cain. Yeah. If they don't do Barbara Gordon. That'd be, I'd be fine with that. Mm-hmm. And have Barbara Gordon be Oracle. Or... I mean, well, you gotta have Barbara Gordon as Oracle. Because, like, that was... We talked about that a long time ago. That's one of the things they messed up with New 52. Mm-hmm. Is it making Oracle, who was a really powerful and awesome character, for women who weren't, like, athletic and ballet, and for people in general that were disabled... Mm-hmm. To have this hero that was awesome, mm-hmm. and New Fifty Two was like, "You like this person? Eh, we're gonna take him back." Yeah, yay! Back to really skinny, giant boobs and thighs person. Just what we needed. Another one of those. Yep. So uh, if they do that, if they do Cassandra Kane as Batgirl, I mean, there's it's a possibility that they just don't do her at all, right? Or do, or do her as Batgirl. Uh, then they could very well do that, and that'd be awesome. I would be very proud of them if they did that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool. Uh, any other... I'm out. Uh, alright. We've got a couple comments from Gage. <gasps> Comment first corner. One, first one is from our adaptations episode. Oh. Uh, he's catching up. Okay. It's probably because he expects me, like, when he comes down for the bachelor party, expects me to ask him if he's been listening, so he's like, shit, oh god, I gotta yeah. catch up. Uh, <laughs> he says, there's a hero... I-, I was slamming on Marvel for their stupid heroes. Uh, he said, there's a hero called Open Window Man who had a teammate named Boy Chimney. I don't think you can make fun of Marvel's ridiculous heroes anymore. First of all, he spelled ridiculous wrong. Ridiculous starts with R I. Uh, think of the word ridicule. Uh, <laughs> just that, that, what's the what's that kind of uh, that debate term where someone makes a point and then you just make fun of them for something that's completely irrelevant? Irrelevant. Non sequitur. Non sequitur. Yeah. Yeah, that was a non sequitur. Uh, also, my my legitimate point is that Open Window Man and Boy Chimney were created in a comic where it's specifically creating ridiculous characters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it was in Dial H for Heroes where like he dials a hero and then he just gets this like he got uh uh Captain Melancholy or something where he just makes people sad whenever he's around them. <laughs> like the whole point of that was to make ridiculous characters. So uh, take that and shove it up your ass, my best friend. Uh, <laughs> uh, so that. And also, the wall, the one that I usually go to, mm-hmm. was a serious attempt at a villain. Addendum. Condiment King was a serious attempt at a villain. So, yes, we do have ridiculous ones, but Open Window Man and Boy Chimney were specifically created to be ridiculous. Uh, the other one in the... Uh, we talked about inconsistent powers. Oh, yeah, like that, that was a long time ago. Uh I think in the movies, at least, Captain America has a sort of magnet that the shield at, uh, attaches to so he doesn't need straps. I think he does. He's like you. You see like a little zappy thing sometimes when it 
flies back. Okay. I think. Because I know that wasn't the case in the first one, but they yeah. may have updated it like later. Yeah. I think it's, I think it comes, I think you see it in Civil I War. Think it, I think it varies because there's definitely like things where he throws it and then you, he takes it and you see the back of it and it's just straps and he slides it on his arm. Because mm-hmm. um, he doesn't very often throw it and it like comes back to his arm. He usually has to catch it and then put it back on his arm. Right. That's what I really liked about the way he did it. It's like there was a slight imperfection in what he calculated, mm-hmm. which I mean, in the comics, again, we talked about that. It's his ability to calculate every trajectory, throw it in just the way that it's going to come directly back to him. Yep. They don't really make a deal about that in the in the show uh, or in the movies. He definitely has thrown it and it's gone way off. Oh, yeah. But he does do the twing, 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 catch stuck right. in his arm. So, uh, yes, good point, Gage. So. All right. All right. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. So. Sorry, I stole your segue earlier. Yeah, you dick. Uh, <laughs> so we, I realized last week or the week before that our episodes were off by one week. Yep. So this episode was supposed to happen last week in preparation, preparation for, make up, burp, um, in preparation for the Fantastic Beasts, or mm-hmm. mediocre some beasts. Uh, however, we didn't fix that and we don't care. Yep. So we're going back. It's a celebration of this Harry Potter event, because this is like a Harry Potter-themed weekend. Yeah. In which we all remember with great fondness how good the original Harry Potter was and how bad it's become. No, it didn't become bad. <laughs> they did a Harry Potter, and then they did Fantastic Beasts and didn't know what to do with it. Okay. Well, they did know what to do with it. They didn't know how to do it. Uh, so we're not talking about Fantastic Beasts. There will definitely be a those. few slams of it. Um... But how are we going to do this? Well, I was going to start. It might be nice. How did how did you first come to know Harry Potter? I think it was just around mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Like, my mom read all the books when she was, well, not when she was growing up, because they were no. still coming out when we were. Like, the first one was, what, 1990 or something? No, later than that. Really? Yeah. Because. You're the one who read it multiple times. Yeah. I'm the one who watched it for 10 years. I'm pretty sure the first one was either like 95 or 97, somewhere in there. Harry Potter book release dates. That'll do it. Using the Googles. 2000. No, that's Deathly Hallows. <laughs> I was like, what? No. Uh, Come on. It doesn't go beyond Goblet of... Oh, Sorcerer's Stone 97. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And then uh, they came out at about like one every year or two. Yeah. So my mom read them all, and as they came out, mm-hmm. what was it? Uh, first one came out before Half Blood Prince came out. First movie. Uh, what was the release? Because I know it came out in either two thousand or two thousand one. I think two thousand one. Okay, so it might have been before Order of Phoenix. Doesn't matter. It, it would have I, definitely been before Order of the Phoenix. Yeah. Uh, so. I I was just kind of around it. We had the movies, and I don't remember not seeing it. Mm-hmm. Primarily because my parents probably bought, like, the second one and then the first one subsequently. Um, and that would have been when I was, like, four, four or five. Yeah. So my earliest memories, like... It obviously didn't leave a huge impact on me when I was a kid, but that's mm-hmm. just because, like, it was one of those things that, with Star Wars, we grew up knowing the, the plot twist. Right. So, I grew up just knowing Harry Potter. Okay. Um, And I watched them through, and I think my favorite one was always Order of the Phoenix. Mine too, uh, actually. Uh, Just because, like, the music is really good in that one. Oh, I meant the book, but... Oh, I never read them. Uh, my <laughs> mom right. read them to me. Uh, I read the first and the second one, and then my mom read third and fourth to me when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, right after my dad read Hobbit to me, which I don't mm-hmm. remember any of that. Um, but yeah, no, so that's that's how I came to know it. It's just it, I never didn't. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mine's sort of similar. My mom... I think... I think my grandma got me the first two and I was not super interested when mm-hmm. I was about five. Um, but my mom read them and was like, Matt, these are really good. 
Your grandma got him for you. It was very nice. I think this is the story. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my mom read him first and was like, Matt, you should really read these. And I was like, okay, fine. And I couldn't put them down. Yeah. They're so good. Um, and so I got three and four together. And then the next ones, I bought them like as they came out. Yeah. It's actually a fun story. Um, Order of the Phoenix, when that book came out, um, my dad was going to take me to a midnight book release party. Uh, so it's I like a lame it. version of a midnight premiere. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. So there's like, it was at the, the borders. Remember when that was a thing? Oh my God. <laughs> Whoa. I just had a huge flashback. Yeah. You forgot that existed. Holy didn't you? crap. <laughs> when did they close? Oh, it was, is books a million, uh, a country thing or was that a regional thing? I don't remember it. We had Books a Million, which was like a much better version of Barnes and Noble. Like mm. it had like their own coffee shop and like there was a whole bunch mm-hmm. of shit everywhere and it was really cool. I love Books a Million. It was a golf cart ride for me. I'd okay. go there and I'd wa- wander around. Uh, that's actually where I would look at Star Wars books and stuff like that. It's oh. where, like, I wouldn't buy them because I hated reading, mm-hmm. but like I would look and be like, oh, cool. These are all like fascinating things. That's where I got some of the Rangers Apprentice things okay. that we talked about, which... I don't know if you saw me like snap and like realize I got to grab those right. <laughs> before we leave. Um, but, but yeah, so we were going to go to this midnight release party. And so I'm super excited. I've never stayed up till midnight before. Um, so so I was like six. Um, uh, that's actually pretty late for a six year old. I know. Yeah. Like my bedtime was like, so when you were six, what, how old, what grade were we in? Uh, it would have been first grade, I think. Okay. So that was before that rule happened for a while. My bedtime was what grade I was in. Oh, think so so one so my bedtime was like <laughs> eat your lunch and go to bed <laughs> and get dinner now, i don't think that's what it was i don't know anyway not sure it. uh yeah so um we went to this midnight release party and we're there and they've got like the movies playing a bunch of people are in costumes and we go up and we're like oh so can we get a book and the girl at the counter's like did you pre-order one and we're like well it didn't say anything in the promotional materials that we had to pre-order one and you said come get your book and she's like, well, we can't give you a book if you didn't pre-order one. And this poor little six-year-old me is just devastated. Go get my book. That's so mean. I know. She's like punch that lady in the nuts. I mean, that's what a, a su- weird <laughs> sentence. I meant to say shin. <laughs> I feel like I have a weird feeling about the fact that I just said that sentence. That was a very weird sentence. I'm 22 years old and I just said the sentence that a 12-year-old would say. Yeah. Wow. Um, anyway. Anyway. Anyway, so happened. we went we went home and I went to bed and um just not super happy. Uh, and then I woke up early the next morning cuz you wake up early when you're that young. Yeah. And I get up and over sitting on the coffee table there's a book and it's like a big thick book and I'm like, "Oh, did I leave out Goblet of Fire?" cuz that's the only big thick book that would be like that. And I'm like, "Well, and go over and like, well, no, it's not that. Oh, oh, it's Order of the Phoenix. And so my dad had like gone home, put me to bed, and then just went to the grocery store and bought a copy. <laughs> <laughs> it was like 30% cheaper than it would have been. That's amazing. <laughs> so Good thanks, old. thanks, Dad. Thank, thanks, yeah. Dan, for Dan, right? Yeah. Dan, yeah, okay. For some reason, I thought Dave. Do you have an Uncle Dave? I do have an Uncle Dave. That's what, I think that's where I mix it up. Yeah. Everyone's D. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I sat down and read most of it that day. Most of it? Yeah. God, you were... I would have finished it, but my friend came over in the afternoon. Ah, fuck friends. (laughs) Books are more important. (laughs) This is true. This is true. Uh, So, should we kind of like do a general review of the movies? Sort of, yeah. Might be a good way to do it. We can do like a good and the bad. Sure. Spoilers or non-spoilers and spoilers. We're going to spoil this. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't seen Harry Potter by now... Why are you listening to this? What? Like... Okay, no, hang on. Caveat, our friend Abby hasn't seen all the Harry Potters. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Harry Potter yet and you want to, th- why are you, what are you doing with your life? This is true. It's the, so easy to get a hold of them. They're, they're on ABC every year yeah. for Christmas. Yeah. Because somehow they're Christmas movies. You have multiple friends who have the DVDs. I yeah. don't know who you are, but you do. Yeah, everyone does. Every, like, yeah. It's like half of the households in the world have something. Not in the world, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> in America, like, maybe. Yeah. In it's, the yeah. Above a, thir- a certain, like... Income threshold. Income threshold, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, what? I don't know why we're talking about income thresholds. <laughs> so, so what... 
What's your favorite part? What's your favorite overarching part of Harry Potter? Um, when it comes to being a movie specifically, I think it's always been about the characters for me. Okay. I've always had a lot of little issues with the world building and mm-hmm. some of the stuff, but the characters are so fleshed out and feel so real, especially because we grew up with them. Yeah. They're our age. Yeah. They're a little, little, they're a little older. older. They're a little older, but we grew up in tandem with them at least. Yeah. And so they always felt just super human, not superhuman mm-hmm. necessarily. They just felt very human. Yeah. And so it was great to watch them struggle and mature. Yeah. They, they would go through like kind of the same deal of things that we would like for like, so uh goblet of fire was when they were like angsty teenagers trying to find like dates to things. Yeah. That was like right before our time of doing that. So like right. we grew up, we were like, Oh, that's interesting. And then like we would go out and have to deal with that like a couple years later and then go yeah. back and be like, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it was more, more powerful for like, People, people that were four years older than yeah. us, but like just happening at the exact same time as them. Mm-hmm. Nobody does that for us because Toy Story is for people three years older than us. I think that's around the same people. Yep. Toy Story and Harry Potter, all those people growing up had the scent, had the people they grew up with. Yep. We got nobody. Yep. We, we got, got nothing. We got Marvel. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think for me. It's always been the oh, what is my favorite part of it? I think it's the f- the interesting way that battles are constructed. Okay. Like it's 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 less of a battle of strength and more of a battle of willpower mm-hmm. almost cuz like I mean there are straight up battles of willpower between Harry and right. Voldemort just like beams of magic. Yeah. Um but I think the thing that that holds it back for me from being my favorite thing of all time is that things can just happen and then it just be explained off by being magic. Right. Which I think is kind of along your lines of the world building stuff. Where yeah. It's like, this this thing does this. And it's like, why? Because magic. And you're like, that, what? The plot necessitated no. it. <laughs> like, I, I don't like it when my parents tell me to do something and I ask why and they say, because I said so. This is just the movie version of that. Yeah. It's just like, because unnamed, like, master power says it is. Right. Yeah, they they introduce new magical powers and gimmicks, the like, every single movie slash book. Yeah. Um, like, it's very opposite of, like, Game of Thrones, where Game of Thrones has a set rules. Yeah. You know, you know what my standard actually is for magic well, is the Aragon books. Really? Yeah. Those ones had very clear rules on here's how magic works, here's how you use it, here's how you can get better at it, and they explore it and they get into like new and interesting territory as it goes. Are the books all really good? Um, I really liked them when I read them, but I haven't read them since I was like you read 13. them and tell me if they're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway. I, I, regardless of whether or not they're good, I still do like the way that they do magic because it's very clear and defined. And so it gives it stakes. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it has as much stakes in Harry Potter. Um, the magic itself, because it's just whatever we need to happen will happen. Yeah. Like one of the things that I kind of just thought of is like kind of starting off, it used to just be if you could say the spell and move your wand just right, then you got it. Right. But then you get to something like the Patronus spell where you have to be thinking of something like magic like you have to have something in your brain right and then like it just it loses it it's anyone can do magic mm-hmm. kind of feel like as it gets further like then it just becomes like a person just standing there and they disapparate yeah and it's just like what what did they do did they just think about doing it yeah like cuz there was not even a wand anymore cuz it used to be that there was a wand Mm-hmm. But now, like in Fantastic Beasts, which of course violates every single rule you can think of, yep. they just like stand there and go bye. And I, well, I think they do that too with Order of Phoenix and beyond. Well, yeah, um, yeah. So the rules are never been clear. But I, I do want to say that even though that hurts the stakes, it's the 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 fact that you care so much about the characters in the world. Yeah, and you're like, I want the good guys to win really badly. Yeah, overcomes that. I think. Yeah. Um. 
What what is your biggest shortfall for it? Is it the rules? Uh yeah, that's that's probably it. It's just um like I I, I like the story a lot. I love the characters. Mm-hmm. I like how they interact. I I like a lot of the little details and little magical things. I just don't like how it all pieces itself back together. Yeah. Um I'm running out of questions. What was your favorite Harry Potter movie? What the fucking... I literally already <laughs> answered that, too. Order of the Phoenix. Order of the Phoenix, yeah. yeah. Um, what else is there? We didn't structure this at all. Like, when he showed me his notes for this episode, by the way, it said notes, and then it was nothing else. Yep. So... Blank note card. We are going completely blank on this. Yeah. Uh, we should... We can kind of start just going through the... Here, here's what we do. So, in in a lot of our reviews, we'll go, we'll, we'll go through different aspects of the movies, like mm-hmm. music, acting, characters... Uh, visual stuff like that. All that. Let's let's kind of go through those and talk about how they developed over the okay. eight movies. Yeah, that's a good plan. So music started strong. Yes, with John Williams. John Williams, all praise be upon him. He is yep. our Lord and Master in the musical <laughs> range. So we started with introducing <laughs> themes. Yep, and that's something he does. He does really well. He introduces themes for characters. Yep, and then he left after three. Yes, and then Patrick Doyle did Goblet of Fire. Which is good, bad. He's, You're, I, I haven't listened. I haven't watched the movies since I've gotten a little more cultured with music. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like soundtrack specifically. Um, so I don't know. Okay. Um, from what I recall and what I've heard, I Goblet of Fire is probably my least favorite of the movies because mm-hmm. the pacing is a mess. It also just feels completely out of out of place from the rest of the overarching story. Yeah. It's like, you've got this overarching story of like, we're learning and there's also this other danger. So we're kind of like learning towards this goal that we know of like Voldemort will be back. Yep. And then four is just like, Oh, Hey, let's make children fight gladiator style with magic. (laughs) Oh, by the way, here's fucking Voldemort. Right. And it, it just, it doesn't make sense in the whole of the story. It just seems like a means to an end for introducing Voldemort. Yeah. And they needed to do something to show the power of these young people's magic at this point or something. The books are much better at that because they actually have the ongoing story too with like the, they're still going to classes and they're still learning more about their past. And... Yeah. When did any of them go to class? Like after, after the third one, when did any of them ever go to class? Uh, there's, there's a time when Harry like opens is like in the potions class right, in Half-Blood Prince. Yeah. Um, there's all of the defense against the dark arts stuff. Always. They always have to have. Yeah. The new, Cause there's new always professor. a new teacher. Uh, but beyond that, you really don't not, they really not kind of ignore that whole thing. Yeah. Which that's, that's part of the fun and charm of those first two movies. Yeah. I'd like to like, they're going to redo these at some point at some point. It's just the way that the movie yeah. industry goes. Um, I would like them to do a little bit more of like, just kind of some lines or like some little scenes of showing what they've learned. Like, so like, even if it's just Harry and Hermione going like, Oh, Hey, I learned like that you can do this spell. And like, this is what it's like. Oh, cool. He's still learning shit. Yeah. Like, but, but for beyond two, beyond three, it's just like, he just now knows stupefy. Right. He now knows like, well, I mean, he always uses Expelliarmus. He now knows like. Uh, well, I guess I was gonna say Cruciatus, but they do. You do learn the the curses. You do see yeah, them learning those. That curses. actually is right. Um, but like, or maybe even some them working on it. Because mm-hmm. I mean, for people who went to school, which is most people, you don't get everything the first right the first time. So right. like, there's no way in that class in any class they're like, okay, this is stupefy. You go stupefy, and then the person is stupid. That's not how it works. Uh, <laughs> but, like, you, you never see them, like, trying it and getting wrong or, like, doing homework or anything. Right. So, like, show us some of that. Show yeah. them that they're still humans and not just suddenly superheroes that are fighting Voldemort. Yep. Well, part of the problem is the later books get longer and more dense. And so you have to cut out a lot of those things that are not necessary to the, like, core story. Mm-hmm. Um, Do you think this could benefit from being a show? Yeah, I think it really could. Like a Netflix show, like a like what they're doing with Series Unfortunate Events. Yeah, something three, like. By the way, we didn't put that in the news. Season three's been confirmed. Yep, and it got a sort of a 
teaser the release date's gonna be january 1st okay so excited for that um but no yeah i think i think this would be one where it benefit you you flesh it out you do like maybe three 60 minute episodes for the maybe you do like a 60 minute episode per 100 pages of text okay or something on average uh on average yeah i'm sure there's things where it's just like really extendedly drawn out and you're just like "Eh, that could be condensed into 15 minutes yeah but like the the first two movies you they're the first two books are 300 pages ish each mm-hmm. three to 400 so you just do those in three 60 minute episodes yeah um and then as the books get longer you just you flesh them out a little more you get to stick with those details and yeah um yeah i think the biggest downside of doing a show like that is shows take a long time to film right it would be a long time very fast paced so that the kids don't outgrow their roles exactly um it's kind of the situation that uh, Stranger Things is going through. Right. It's like they had to do a time jump because they're like, these kids are not 12 anymore. Right. <laughs> like, well, like one of them is 18. Yeah. Right? I think Lucas 17. is 18. I think he was 16 during the last season. Yeah. So at this point, he's 18. So, yeah. I guess he would be 18 by now. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So that that's one of the dangers of doing a show like that is like, yep. you get these characters, you got to get them to commit. Yes. Because that is, you can't recast Harry Potter. Right. <laughs> All that to say, Patrick Doyle's score for Goblet of Fire <laughs> uh, very much wow. very much feels like John Williams' light. Yeah, um, he's a he's a good composer in his own right. But that's actually something that's really fascinating. I do want to like kind of brag about myself a little bit. We mm-hmm. whenever we're playing the deck building game with our friends, I'll have like my soundtrack thing, which is like a million years of music right. uh, playing, and we'll like hear a song and we'll try to figure out what what movie it's from or what show it's from, mm-hmm. and like. We both came to an agreement. It's like, it sounds like John Williams, but not entirely right. there. Right. And then we like pulled it up, but it's like Patrick Doyle. And we're like, yeah, John Williams light. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly. like hugely mimicking him. And I don't know if that's a thing. I think that's just the downside of having somebody do a movie following three movies of a legend like John Williams. Right. Like trying to stick to the themes and the style and stuff like that yeah. but also just not being him it's that question how much do you imitate how much do you change yeah um but beyond that music got really good uh yeah five alexander Desplat. well five and six was nicholas hooper yeah um those scores intrigue me because it sounds really good in the movie but if you listen to it on its own it's kind of terrible really yeah at you least have a crazy hair i know where it's like right here never mind <laughs> um <laughs> so nicholas Hooper for for order of the phoenix and half-blood prince like in the movies his scores work really well he's got some really catchy memorable themes i think some of the only memorable themes outside of john williams's stuff like uh umbridge's umbridge's theme mm-hmm. um but if you listen to that music on its own it sounds like it was written by a 12 year old who has no idea how to orchestrate and for some reason, it just works really well in the movies. Yeah. Um, Interesting. I wonder if there's a thing to that about, like, being able to write music. I, I think it's just an additional level of, like, he has the ability to write music to a thing to convey mood and stuff like that. Yeah. But not compose music for the sake of being music. Right. Um, Interesting. Yeah. And then I think Deathly Hallows, it's almost the opposite. Like, I think those scores do work pretty well in the movies, mm-hmm. but I think they, they're better for just listening on your own. Yeah. That's uh, Alexandre Desplat. Alexandre Desplat. As we will call him. What's his actual name? Desplat? I think Desplat. Desplat, something like Desplat. <laughs> Alexandre Desplat. Alexandre Desplat. Yep. Alexandre, because it's already. Alexander! Our America! It's actually more Latin. Alexandria is uh, Russian? No, that'd be like just DR with no E whatsoever. Uh, okay. Well, I don't know anything. Yeah. Um. So that was the music. Yep. Uh, acting got significantly better as it went. Yep. I maintain that the kids' performances in the first one work really well because it is... It's charming. It's, it's charming, but it's also endearing. Endearing, right, yes. Okay. So that's the thing, like... <laughs> The the kids acting got significantly better. Like, right. Uh, specifically, uh, Emma Watson started really like 
kind of brash and obnoxious, but yeah. endearing. In f- and in fairness, that's how her character's supposed to be at yeah. the start. But, like, she got phenomenal post-movie post two. Yeah. Like, all, all of them. There was a, a clear cutoff in their abilities right. between two and three. Um, and then you just have the supporting actors of all of the large-name British actors ever Pretty much. Cast. Like, I can't think of a single British actor that wasn't cast in that movie. Dude, nope. David Tennant was in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tried. Everybody. I tried to come up with someone off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, John Hurt. Nope. He's in it. Um, like, <laughs> everybody. Uh, Wait. Uh, Sean Bean. I think he's a voice actor. I'm going to double check that. No. I'm not entirely certain. Because, like, to- my, my first one was uh, Toby, not Toby McGuire. Uh, Toby, Toby Jones. Jones. And I was like, Toby Jones wasn't in it. Wait, he was Dobby. Yeah, he was Dobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, they have everybody somewhere. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go check to see if Sean Bean was in it. I feel like he was, but uh, if he did, if he was, he probably died. I'm sure. <laughs> um, Maybe he was already dead. Maybe he was played a ghost. <laughs> uh, Sean Bean... Harry Potter. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I think... Therefore, you okay, are... So, so, okay, so I'm, I'm getting that he was in there somewhere, uh-huh. but I will have to do more research on that. Okay. Because it's like nine Game of Thrones actors who are also in Harry Potter. Uh. And I act... I sh- said Sean Bean... And Harry Potter, so I feel like that's in there. I'm gonna like glance through this while we keep talking. I'm okay. not gonna be reading. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So you have all these phenomenal actors that I think they almost did that intentionally mm-hmm. to kind of like bolster the um the acting of the kids. Yeah. Like both to have the movie be more well acted and also to give the kids a like role models of people like. To be there, almost like internships, mm-hmm. while these like phenomenal actors are doing their thing. Yeah, and I mean, let's point out that they would they completely hit gold with those three kids because it would have been so easy for them to be overshadowed by uh-huh. Alan Rickman and Gary Oldman and all these other people. Mance Ryder Raider was Everforth Dumbledore. I knew that. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Karen Hines. <laughs> yep. Yep. Ah, everybody. Um, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy was not. Who was he? Harry Potter. Uh, Scarecrow. Oh, 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 yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, I knew him. Killian with a C. Right. Because I always want to read, like, Sicilian. Sicilian. Uh, okay, silly. so that's acting visuals improved drastically just with technology. Yeah. Although I do like sort of the restraint of the early ones where they, they it doesn't get too crazy magical because partly the limitations and partly just because the story is a lot more kid friendly at that point. Yeah. Um, so I do enjoy that, but yeah, it's, it's fun watching them get more explosive and big and interesting. What? What? What the, what are you finding on your little list there? Why is she? Who? The picture. Uh, oh, he filled in for Francis Delator in the full body shots of Madame Maxim, Maxime. Sean Bean did? No, uh, not him. No, Ian White, the person who plays the long-haired uh, uh, White Walker. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So he's just tall. So he stood in for the tall. Okay. The, the, the I was confused why those two pictures were put together. I'm like, <laughs> was Madame Maxime a dude or is this, this White Walker a female? I am not. I am. I am confusion. Um, wow. I shouldn't. That was dumb. I, I did on, on a slightly different note. I did learn. That's where I knew her from. I did learn this week. Osha and Tonks. Yeah. I, I, I recognized her, but I never like actually said anything about it. I, was, I, have I not explicitly told you that before? I think I because may have also known it, but... I'm, I'm, I know I've told you that because she... Well, she's a good enough actor that she completely convinced me of both yep. characters. Yep. And her band's really good. Molotov Jukebox. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I learned this week that uh, in the Battle of Helm's Deep, when uh, Gandalf and Amor show up with all the riders of Rohan and come in and save the day, spoiler uh-huh. alert for two towers, um, there weren't enough horse men in New Zealand, so they just slapped beards on a bunch of women horse riders that's too. Amazing! And so <laughs> I wonder if that's like that was when they rode in from here from Ohirim. 
I wonder if that like that could be a reference in uh Return of the King. Yeah. When uh Gimli's talking about the women with beards. I thought he said that in He might have said two it two towers. towers. Which admittedly they could, would have known about that. Yeah. So, that, that is amazing. Yep. Uh, also, anyway. Catelyn Stark was uh, Hermione's mom. Right. I knew that. G- fuck you. Just let me let me feel smart. Except not smart. Cause I, got, you're just reading I didn't list. see anything about Sean Bean, so points to you for Sean Bean not being in there. Okay. Nah, Sean he Bean was just killed Murphy. before the movies. Ah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Bean never lives. Uh, we should do a mo- uh, do an episode on Sean Bean's best, de- best deaths. Yeah. We'll have to watch a whole bunch. You have to watch Death Race. Oh, boy. Death Race 2. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so, uh, you got your acting. The... Oh, good Lord. Acting, visuals, music, plot? I like how it is very coherent over the whole thing. It's like you've got one good guy and his surrounding people. you got one bad guy and his surrounding people. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not just them fighting the whole time. It's about the kid trying to get built up to be able to fight this bad guy and about the yeah. bad guy who has been defeated and is trying to regain his strength and rebuild his army. And then it gets into sort of the politicking of it. And the, I like that. So we talk about a lot about how like, uh, star Wars, the original trilogy follows a general act one, two, three thing. Mm-hmm. This one really doesn't. You get your yeah. kind of end of the act two structure with episode four. Right. Where he meets and loses. And then five, six, seven, seven mm-hmm. are all like this interesting mind game of like, just kind of, it's more of like a, uh, uh, not entropy. What's the fucking word? Attrition. Attrition. Yeah. It's kind of just like four movies of just attrition of just them kind of like, nipping at each other and getting back at each other's like and realizing like kind of rooting out worms and like realizing what's actually like kind of it's four movies of really well structured just figuring out what's going on at the moment right um building the stakes yeah putting together all the little devices and elements you need for the yeah i'm really glad they didn't just butt heads every every movie because that would get really old right just them fighting so Maybe that that being said, maybe I forgive Fantastic Beasts for ending the second movie as an act two because they've done that already. Mm-hmm. They did an act two early and had a really long act three. Mm-hmm. They could do that because they've got three movies left. And I was all like, what the fuck are you going to do for the next three movies? That you have, you do some really interesting, like building up your army, like going, okay, this is actually crazy, mm-hmm. but well, this one with Fantastic Beasts, it's more like you know it's just going to be Grindelwald and, and Albus Dumbledore at the, right. in the end. With Harry Potter, it was like our army against your army in the fight. It will be me versus you, but there are also like large amounts of people that were fighting as well, right? And then such the- as giant rock monsters that uh, Maggie Smith Smith really yeah. Maggie Smith. That was like Thornton or something. Nope. Maggie Smith has always wanted a cast. Yep. <laughs> I love that line. Oh, she's great. Um, but, yeah, so maybe maybe I'll forgive him on that. We'll see okay. how the next movie is. Mm-hmm. Stop blinding me. Well, do you have any final thoughts? I do have one final question. Yes. What's worse, Fantastic Beasts, Crime of Grindelwald, or Season 1 of Iron Fist? Season 1 of Iron Fist. Okay. I... For one specific scene that we're not going to spoil, I can put myself through Crimes of Grindelwald one more time. Okay. I refuse to go back and watch Iron Fist again. Okay. Fair enough. Like, I will not be able to fucking do that. All right. <laughs> there's Just nothing, checking. There's nothing in that show that will... <laughs> yeah, we've been slamming... We've been slamming uh, Crimes of... Uh, fucking Fantastic Beasts for like two days straight. Crimes of it's, Fantastic Beasts. Crimes of I mean, Fantastic... Did I say really, that? Really, though. You did. Oh, Freudian shit. didn't slip much. <laughs> <laughs> um... So I guess it's it's only fair that we like we we compare it to the other worst right. thing ever, right? And just see where it is. Yes. Now uh, Iron Fist still holds the worst thing ever. Indeed. All right. Okay. Shallst we? We shallst. Well, thanks everyone for listening to us ramble about Harry Potter for a little while. We didn't know what we were going to talk about, and we probably still don't know what we did talk about. Huh? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just woke up. Right. Um. So next week's our backup episode. So. 
email us if you want to tell us what we should talk about we should have talked about in that or comment or comment on one of our many mediums we have facebook uh you can find yep. us we're justice losers you can start up post on our wall because like the only people that post on our wall is us yeah or you can comment on like this episode link sure or you can send us face don't do that i don't want to yeah end up with facebook messages from people yeah um you can also find us on twitter at justice losers pod we're also on instagram where we occasionally remember to post pictures of funny or related things uh that's also justice losers pod uh we have a gmail if you want to post some more extended thoughts if you want to tell your um beautiful tear-inducing story of how you came to know and love harry potter and how it saved you from a dark time in your life then that's probably the place to send that is that the place to send that? It's probably don't send us? it to us. Yeah, like that. If it's that tear-inducing, put it on the internet so that people can cry. Right. Get those clicks. Get those sweet clicks. Get yeah, that ad sweet, revenue. Sweet clicks. Yep. Uh, that's justicelosierspot at gmail um, In two weeks, we're talking about some of our more controversial opinions on stuff, as Preston mentioned earlier. So if you've got controversial opinions, so that we can take our mind off of tearing at each other's throats for our stupid. That's always on my mind. Is I know stabbing you right in the neck i know um so if you if you have controversial opinions you can share it at one or many of those mediums i will say as a teaser for that episode i've said this before but the first guardians of the galaxy guardians of the galaxy movie is a bottom five mcu movie that's one of the one of my opinions all right Uh, i will have to think of mine yeah i have i have a few more okay um i'll i I mean i obviously have some right but I'll, i'll work on it yep um i think that's all of the things i'm supposed to say uh don't forget to like subscribe and tell a friend and thanks for listening bye hey bye bye bye